Hello, this is Danny at Logical Soccer Investing. I'm sorry for leaving everyone alone for a long time. Uh, you know, just my job takes takes a lot of time, especially toward the end of the year. And uh, and I wanted to do it at just finding the time. But now I'm in summer and my schedule is a lot more free. So I thought I'd take a lot more time to just... Um, I guess invest in the soccer community by sharing what I know. Now, when I share what I know, you don't have to agree with what I say. Actually, I don't expect you to. Um, but if you do, that's great. Uh, and if you don't, I don't care. And I and I keep saying that, but it's actually the truth. Uh, you know, I think what I think and I say what I say. This is not financial advice. This is just my own opinions on things. So, if you uh, if you like my opinions, then listen to it. If not, it's all good either way. Anyway, I just got back from the. Dallas Card Show. Uh, And that was my first experience going to the Dallas Card Show. I've been to other local shows around where I live and some other bigger shows, but not quite the Dallas Card Show. So I didn't quite know what to expect, but I knew it was going to be big because it's Texas. And the saying goes, everything's bigger in Texas. And uh, it it was a very big show. So I came in there with a few motivations. One of my main motivations was to pick up some cards on the cheap. You know, I had some some money accessible. So I wanted to pick up some cards on the cheap and get some things that I kind of had my, had my eyes on. Uh, one of the goals going into it was actually to pick up some um, some key rookie cards. So I wanted... I came in there with the desire to pick up a Pele Record 1958 rookie card. Now, a lot of people in the hobby have some interesting thoughts on Record. There's a few things I want to point out. One is that Record is the lowest priced of the rookies. And you might ask, well, is that why you want it? Because it's the cheapest one? Well, yes, <laughs> but it's not just that it's cheap because things that are cheap in and of itself, it doesn't really matter in the end. Um, it's it's disproportionately cheap considering the pop count on the card, which is not much, uh, 103 in the dual, the dual uh, cutout. And so I, I noticed that on eBay, a PSA 4 was selling for 58 on PWCC was selling for $5,800 or best offer. And that's, you know, as the PSA two, the last sale on that from golden was $60,000 for the PSA two of the Alifa. I can't pronounce it. Alifa. Let's call it. Um, the PSA three actually just sold recently, real recently after I got the, um, record card, uh, it sold for, I think 53,000. So it's gone down quite a bit. Uh, but that's just the market going down. Anyway, so that that was my goal. I wanted to pick up that card. Now, a lot of collectors have mixed thoughts about it because they're like, oh, it's airbrushed. Oh, it's from Sweden. Oh, is it cut out? Blah, 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 blah. Stuff I don't care about because what I look at is I look at the pop count. I look at the player. And that's the main, that's the main ingredients. Um, proportionally, that rookie will move up with the rest. But actually, I think this one will move up at a faster pace just because... Uh, there's less of it. It's my opinion. Like I said, I don't care if you don't agree, but that's my opinion. Um, so that was my goal going into it. Uh, and then I wanted to pick up any sort of other key rookies that I could find on the deal, uh, especially cards from Messi. 
uh, maybe Maradona if I saw it. So I got there, and one of the first booths that you see is a soccer booth, and uh, amazing, amazing key rookie cards at this table. I saw a trio of Messi, um, Estalica stickers from his 2004 season. That's the only Panini Messi rookie sticker. So I there was there was three of them. I basically combined the price of two, and I said, "Hey, could you give me all three at this price?" And he said, "Yes." So that was that. Uh, I picked up those. And that was really good because that allowed me to make some other movement. Um, what I did with one of those that I picked up, I used it as a trade piece to pick up a 1979 Maradona Calcitori. Once I had that picked up, I then kind of priced out some of the BIS 71 Mega Cracks Messi cards, and then I made a trade, a cash trade. And I think to keep part of it was the cash portion um it seemed and i know a lot of people are saying this but it seems that there was a decent amount of people who were cash strapped there that were trying to make deals just trades uh and a lot of people asking if some of the vendors wanted to buy from them um so if you brought cash to the show was advantageous and you were able to get some some pretty good deals done Anyway, so at this point in the show, this is like fast forward. This is Sunday. And at this point in the show, I only had uh, $4,400 left. And uh, I kind of, uh, I don't want to say negotiated price. Basically, I checked in with a few different people who had the card, the BIS BIS 71 PSA 6 that I was looking for. And, uh, And got some tentative prices, kind of felt it out, see what they were willing to do. Then I came back to this one vendor and I said, "Hey, uh, I don't have the full it was seven thousand. I you know I don't have the full seven thousand to to pay cash for this. But if we could do some sort of cash trade deal, that would be great if that's possible." And he saw the calcitori and he put that together with the um, with a PSA ten uh, Ronaldo the cup captains variation so the golden red variation and he agreed to it and so we did that in four thousand dollars and that was great so i picked up the bia 71 which is a really cool card definitely a card i wanted to get my hands on uh did a trade the day before uh traded uh just a bunch of bunch of i mean interesting cards cool cards some um wccf 2009 uh, Thomas Müller cards, which I don't really want to trade because the price is low on them, and I think the price is going to get higher. Uh, there was like thirteen dollar card valuation, not very much, and some other pieces. And I traded for a second year Super Barca uh, Messi card, uh, two thousand five. So that was cool. Uh, overall, it was a really successful weekend. Um, I got the key cards that I set out for. I I came in with a mission. And I came in with a way to do that, and that was that was a really good experience. So I picked up, like, I'm sorry, I picked up the Pele Record PSA 5 card from a really cool guy. Basically, I traded an Mbappe BGS 9 Kaboom for the Pele card, which at the end of the day, I felt like was a good, was a, it was good for both of us, honestly. 
Um, so I gave him the Bape PS, uh, BGS9 Kaboom with cash as well. Um, it was a good deal for him in that Mbappe's clearly is going to go up. Well, I don't want to say clearly, but probably going to go up over the course of the next month as the Euros approach. I mean, the moment people are talking about it, the momentum's going to be coming around, and, and everyone really holds that Kaboom card in high esteem. So that's a card that you could potentially make a good amount of money in the short term off of. And for me, I feel like um, Pele is a, actually, it's going to sound weird, I feel like it's somewhat of a short-term play and a long-term play. I feel like the market is not quite caught up on that card specifically. I think it's undervalued. And I'm not saying it's going to be or should be the price of some of the other key rookie cards. I think it's, you know, definitely uh, you would consider an alternative rookie. But even look at Messi. A lot of people only looked at BIS 71 and regarded the Barca Sport, disregarded the Barca Sport rookie cards. And they could have gotten super cheap. And those cards went up as well. And they missed out because they kind of neglected that card. I feel like something similar could happen within the Pele market too. So I kind of like that play both short term because I think it's actually going to catch up. My prediction is that it's going to catch up relatively soon. I could be wrong. And then at that, it's Pele. So it's a good long-term hold, long-term investment. Um, and I actually like the the I like the record collectibles, to be honest with you. I even have the, uh, the Cassius Clay from the same... You know, the same magazine, the record, Cassius Clay, 1962. I love that card, and I, I just like them. I like them. I think it's neat, and I think it's neat that it's a cutout, too. I don't, For me, that doesn't detract from the collectible uh, nature of it, but I understand that there's um, people that are very, very much into the vintage portion of the hobby, and some of them have different thoughts, and that's great. That's great, and I encourage it. I say, rock on, you know, keep doing that. I don't care, but but keep doing that, and I'm going to do what I do. So, which is looking for things that are undervalued and things that I feel like are going to uh, expand in price. So, uh, so overall, Dallas was like I said, it was a great experience. Um, the vibe was that there's a lot of concern about the market dipping, and uh, and I think that it didn't seem like. I mean, I haven't been in, I haven't been there in the past, but it didn't seem like there was as much, uh, you know, this liquid cash available like there had been before. I don't know. Um, but what I've been consistently hearing is that a lot of people looking to do trades, which is, which is about what I expected. Um, but like I said, if you had cash going into there, um, you had an advantage, you know, even even the ability to for me to offer cash and trade, the fact that there was the cash portion. And actually, if I'm a if I'm a seller, I kind of like taking cash and trade because in one regard you're not completely losing the asset, you're getting something that's hopefully a rising asset. Because right now the market's in a dip, it's hard to give up cards at a lower price. So if you get an asset and then you get some liquidity by getting some cash, I think it's a good play if you can do something like that. So I would recommend. Anyone going to a show uh, within the next, I don't know, within the next uh, week or so, or maybe more, uh, while the market's still in this interesting kind of awkward spot, um, attain some cash and see if you can do some sort of cash and trade deal. Uh, You'll probably get uh, good value on it. Also, it was funny, funny story. So I went there with with a business partner of mine and... uh, he doesn't really know about cards, but I, I, for, you know, for like a couple of hours, I left him 
and I was doing some other stuff. And he comes back to me and he says, hey, I got this card, the CSG, that grading company, CSG 9 uh, Maradona Dybala card, Prism card number to 25. I got it for $2,000. <laughs> and I went, what? So I knew I didn't want to be part of that investment with him because that's not the way I invest. I think it's a cool card. Um, I think numbered prism, especially you hardly ever see like those, those numbered autographs from prism. They, they, they they really are rare. Also it's Maradona and Maradona is, you know, he's deceased. So his, his autograph count is going to be very finite, uh, amount, but the, the obvious problem with the autograph is one, it's Dybala and Maradona. It's not just Maradona. If it was just Maradona, it'd be a different story. But it, the fact that it had Dybala in there too um, devalues it a bit. Uh, you know, Dybala had a tough year this year. And uh, as opposed to last year where, where he won player of the year for the Italian league, uh, he did not really perform this year. And he, had, he dealt, dealt with injuries as well. So that was tough. But anyway, he comes to me and says, okay, I got this card. And he was very proud of himself. But I knew, I knew that... Uh, that <laughs> that that was not the best type of investment right now. Like there's one thing, you know, in this market where things are kind of unsure, I think, you know, um, investing in the goats is a good idea, but investing in a modern card of a goat is maybe not the best idea. In my opinion, uh, it did have an autograph on it. So that is a novelty and that does add quite a bit of value to it. But just the fact that you know, $2,000 on that, you could get a lot of stuff from early in their careers for $2,000. $2,000, you can get a decent, uh, you can get a decent Maradona Calcitori. You can get, um, you know, some, some just nice stuff. So anyway, my, one of my goals, uh, one of my goals was to sell those cards, see if I can trade those cards for him, but I knew it was going to be difficult because if I go up to the soccer people, they're going to say, well, we don't want that card because number one, it's CSG, and the other one is that it's Maradona and it's Dybala on the same card. They're not going to want that. So I knew that I kind of had to look elsewhere, you know. And and you know, was the card worth two thousand dollars? Yes, you can find a buyer for two thousand dollars, obviously, because you know my business partner bought it, but it's not easy to do so. Uh, so. So I found I found a seller and I found a way I, I, I tried to sell it. I figured the only way I'm going to like um, like kind of push off the card was by trading into trading to a seller that wants to get into soccer, but maybe um, and is willing to offload some, you know, American football and other cards for it. So I got a seller and we traded and it was a fair trade. I mean, actually, we, you know. My friend lost money on the trade, unfortunately. Not not a lot, but a little bit. Um, we traded that card for a um, Patrick Mahomes PSA 10 rookie optic. And it was a nice card. And, and I think Mahomes is a buy actually right now. And then also a 1959 PSA 6 graded um, Mickey Mantle card. And he's a big Yankees fan. So, so at, you know, at the end of the day... Uh, it wasn't an ideal situation, but I definitely wanted him to kind of move those cards. It's, it's just not a, he's looking for long-term investments. That is not a long-term investment type of card. That's like a, that's like a flip type of card, in my opinion. Uh, 
you know, maybe if Dybala blows up and really comes back strong this upcoming year, uh, maybe maybe it's a play, but it's just not a play that I would have done. So I tried to help my friend out. So, um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much the extent of it. I I loved meeting uh, like in person these people that I just uh, admire that are in the hobby, and it's fun to finally just interact with them. Put a you know put a handshake to the to the name, and uh, and it was really neat. So shout out to anyone that I that I hooked up with over there at, at the card show. It was great seeing you guys and it was fun doing uh, trade night as well. Shout out to Ben uh, for setting up the amazing trade night. You know, one of the hard things about the Dallas card show is that the, the, um, the vendors are scattered around all over the place. So there's maybe there's a guy selling soccer here. There's a guy selling basketball here, a guy selling football, baseball here. And it's hard, especially if you're you're like me and just really looking after. So the cards I'm looking after, looking for are soccer cards, and I'm looking for um, you know non non sport cards or even uh, just you know I, I don't. It's I think it's stupid to say alternative sport because a sport is a sport. But you know some of the non major sport stuff like swimming, track and field. That's the stuff that I'm really interested in because I feel like it has a lot of potential, low pops. And they're just kind of scattered all over the place, everyone. So you have to look through everything and then kind of remember where people are in order to make that happen. And, but the trade night is great because it was a trade night for just soccer people. And so we were able to get together and, and make, some, make some cool trades. And that's where I actually finalized the trade for the record. Um, so that was Dallas Card Show. It was a great experience. Uh, other stuff, as you may have noticed, we are in a dip in the soccer card market. Uh, it is a thing. Clearly, you can see it by the prices of. Well, it's not just the soccer card market; it's the market in general. Um, there has been a dip in uh, specific cards. Some cards are going up, but it's harder to find those cards going up um, compared to the cards that have been going down in price. It could be a lot of different things. It could be a little bit of fatigue. It could be a little bit of you know we we were in this time where. Um, where maybe there wasn't as much excitement as normal uh, because just, you know, seasons winding down, games that don't matter, and this usually happens a lot. Uh, and it could even be an extension of other of other thinking, things that are happening in the economy. The, for instance, the crypto investors are struggling right now. The, the prices have gone down quite a bit, and if you're an investor in cryptocurrency... Um, there is a chance because that means you kind of like those type of alternative investments. There's a chance that you are also invested in cards. So from the hit from that might be one of the reasons why the card, um, the card industry has taken a hit as well. Personally, I'm not too concerned. Actually, as a matter of fact, I'm more optimistic, which is why I brought a significant amount of cash to the Dallas card show because I feel like it's a tremendous opportunity for people that have that liquid cash because not a lot of people do. A lot of people are over leveraged and maybe that's it as well. Maybe this is the point in time where people are over leveraged because a lot of people are pre- were preparing for these moments, preparing for the moment when the playoffs come, preparing for the moment when the euros are finally going to come and they spend a lot of money buying stuff and then if enough people are doing that, that creates a situation where there's an imbalance in the market and there's not as much buyers when the time 
when the time comes that you were hoping that you were going to sell this stuff. So um, there could be a level of that as well. But like I said, you know, my my main agenda now is to acquire assets and acquire assets that I feel like uh, do have minimal risk at this moment in time. So the asset and there is risk no matter what, like even the stuff that's vintage and steady, um, there's risk involved. So like Pele, for instance, his market has gone down quite a bit. His PSA 2, Alifa, get whatever that is, PSA 2 was selling for 60,000. Then the price went to uh, 53,000 the other day on golden auctions for the PSA 3. So that's a significant decrease in value. Um, so nothing's quite super safe. However, you know, I do feel like, um, one of my plays in the Pele was that there is a level of stability with the vintage card or the, um, or the early messy stuff. I feel like there's a level of stability there. So, uh, so I'm cool with those investments and I feel good about it. Um, at the end of the day, the market is smart, right? And the market will look for very specific things over the course of time that will keep the value high on these things. So what is the market looking for? Number one, it's looking for something that's early. Uh, the market, I feel, is going to ultimately want the earliest cards available of the player. Maybe there are a few exceptions to that, but I don't know many. Someone might make the argument that the 1951 Bowman Mickey Mantle card should be more money than the Topps 1952 Mickey Mantle card. I'm definitely one of those people. And what I've noticed is that the 1951 Bowman card has been going up um, relative to 1952. I don't know if it's going to hit that price anytime soon, but just the mere fact that that is the earliest card I think the market eventually kind of just figures this stuff out. So the market's looking for the earliest stuff. It's looking for, for the most scarce stuff. You know, having a card that's that there's a lot of is concerning for the future, you know? And I look at a lot of these sports. One of the reasons why, I mean, one, it helps that I just love soccer. It's always been my favorite sport. But additionally, just looking at the population of these soccer cards compared to other sports relative to basketball, relative to football, relative to baseball, soccer is super, super low. Zion Williamson, I know I've said this before, but it's the truth. Zion Williamson has over 30,000 graded prism cards through PSA, through PSA. That's not including the cards that will be graded. That's not including... The cards that are just raw and everything, just every in BGS and SGC, all that other stuff. That's just the PSA stuff. 32,000. There's like 4,000 cards, period, of Erling Holland's top's finest rookie card in the Salzburg kick. 4,000, period. That's including everything. Not, not, that's not, not taking into account how many of those will actually go to grading. I'm just saying. 4,000 total production on that card. Estimated. I don't know the exact number, but it's around 4,000. You know, I did the numbers on the on the Pele stuff, the Pele rookie cards, you know, and there's, there's nothing. There's nothing of them. The messy rookie cards, there's more, but there's not much. Ronaldo, there's not much. There's not much of these cards. 
so so soccer for me is just i mean it's where it's at they're looking for the rarest cards they're looking for the earliest cards they're looking for the cards in the best condition you know you have to think that a lot of the money going into the soccer hobby are these people you know that come up came upon income that they can kind of spend and play with and because of COVID and other reasons, this was happening before COVID even began. They want to do something with their money and they have a lot of nostalgia and good feelings about cards, especially if they grew up in the nineties and they're, you know, it's a, it's a, it's something they want to get into and they love it. So those are the things that I look for when I think about a card. So, so with Pele, I mean, given there's some earlier stuff there's a 1957 card now there's one of them <laughs> but it's you know i don't i don't know how high the pop is going to get on that card but there's not many 1958 cards and i just feel like it's a play and i feel like there's a level of stability there because it just has to be because there's not enough of them for the price to sink too low uh even if demand significantly decreases it can only get so cheap so i like that play um, it's another reason why I like, you know, just to say it again, this is another reason why I like the WCCF cards. I've been preaching this since day one, that WCCF match attacks, if it's an earliest card of one of these players, it has to be considered as a viable option. You know, it's funny to me that the same people that are like, oh, stickers, stickers are the way to go stickers that's it and then and then when it comes to the card stuff like the wccf cards even if it's an earliest card they go oh no wccf is not the collector's preference what the heck that's the most bogus thing i've ever heard it's so crazy to me that someone would say that oh stickers stickers are because you know some of the arguments are that you know, like, like it just needs to be like a legit card. Um, and if it's not, you know, whatever quote unquote legit card, if it's not like a tops panini, like major type of brand or something, if, if something doesn't exist, like if there's a sticker that exists before that, they're like, Oh no, it has to be the sticker. It has to be the sticker. Well, dudes, there, there's like WCCF cards and match attacks cards that happened before, like the traditional major brand, whatever you want to call it. Rookie card happens. And people are like, a lot of people are like, meh, whatever. But the market, see, that's what I'm saying. The market figures this stuff out. The market realizes it. Phil Foden, his WCCF card, 2017. The market is figuring out, oh, shoot. That's his earliest card by a year. We need to give that more credit. And what's happening? The price is increasing on that card. Because the market is aware of that. And then if you look at the populations of those cards, there's nothing of them. Why is there nothing of these cards? That's because the people that had them, they played with them. And then they're not in gradable condition anymore. Or the most likely scenario, your mom threw it out. That's right. Moms are the biggest deterrent of the hobby. They took cards by the dozen all the time, threw that stuff out. Because they thought it was worthless. Little did they know. 
But anyway, you're not you're not finding these match attacks WCCF cards in good condition. You're normally not. Sometimes you can find them, of course. And when you find them, you grade them. But you're not finding them. You know, a lot of people talk talk trash about match attacks. Oh, match attacks is overproduced. There's so many of them. Oh, really? So how many do you have in graded condition? In a decent graded condition? Like how how many like how many do you, in your collection do you have of that? Like how many does anyone have of that? Nothing. No one has anything of it because they don't really exist. Like here and there they exist, but not very frequently. So the oldest, rarest, best condition thing is the thing that will persist in the market, in my opinion. But I think the market is figuring that out, and the market's smart. The market, like figure they, it just figures this stuff out. No matter what you think about how it looks. I don't care about how you think it looks. I care about the potential for demand in the market. That's the question. And if it has those three elements, then there's going to be demand. Yep. So that's my soap opera. On that, uh, let me uh, let me know thoughts that you have on it. Like I, like I always say, if you don't agree with me, I don't really care too much. But I do like to have conversation. Uh, but I do care if someone disagrees with me to an extent because it's an opportunity to learn. I do like that element. Um, but like at the end of the day, I, I'm going to stick to my principles <laughs> and I'm going to stick to the principles because those are the principles that are going to work in the long run. So, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. Hope all is well. Uh, if you have a chance, follow me on Instagram, logical soccer investing and let me know what are you buying? Have you started looking into match attacks, attacks, WCCF? Have you been going to card shows? What have you noticed? I'm interested to hear uh, what's going on with you guys. So peace. Have a great one.